The Women's Football Podcast, in partnership with Her Game 2. Welcome to this week's Women's Football Podcast in association with Her Game 2. I'm Lee Edwards. Thank you very much for joining us once again. This is our look at a women's game from the Champions League to the National League and beyond. Joining us, we have the Suns Chief Women's Football Reporter, Sandra Broby. And Marion Karabi from She Scores Bangers. Hello, ladies. Hiya. Hey, Luke. The WSL title race is hotting up. Chelsea had one of their games in hand last Thursday. They took on Liverpool. There was three hot dogs galore, of course, as Emma Hayes kept a promise of giving everyone a free hot dog for anyone who attended the abandoned game earlier in the season. Emma Covisto put Liverpool ahead just two minutes into the game, getting on the end of Natasha Dowie's cross. But then Neve Charles, she glanced in ahead of from a corner four minutes before half time to get Emma Hayes' side at level. And ahead of her waving the Australian flag at the coronation, Sam Kerr grabbed a vital winner. Uh, Emma Hayes said there was a bit of a hangover from the new camp early on, but they found a way to win. And Marianne, they had to find a way to win as well with the way the table is. 100%. I think now you can probably see it on, on how the points are looking like. It's not just going to go down to points. It's going to probably go down to cold difference. It's going to go down to who's going to get these Champions League spots. Um, obviously, it was a reverse fixture. So reverse fixtures are always fun. Obviously, you remember last time how they played. It was Everybody was slipping on the field. So this one was going to be interesting to see how Chelsea was going to make up that loss from the, the start of the season. Um, I thought Liverpool had a great game on their own, but... I think with how Chelsea, um, just on the form they've been, they've had some of their new, finally kind of healthy players get back in. So yeah, for a reverse fixture for them, obviously massive to get those three points against Liverpool. It shows how gritty they are. Again, I think I got a lot of um, vibes from the Aston Villa last season. Kind of that last uh, minute goal from Sam Kerr. It was pretty much the exact same vibes that I got. Uh, but that's kind of what you expect when you go up against Chelsea. You've got deathly clinical finishers up top. Um, and I think Neve Charles as well needs to be given some props. She's been absolutely fantastic this entire season. And yeah, as a Canadian, I'll also give some props for Jesse Fleming. Obviously, she took that first shot that hit the bar, which Sam Kerr was able to to finish in. Um, but I think it was a gritty performance. Everybody stepped it up and exactly what Chelsea needed. On Friday, Arsenal grabbed a 1-0 win over Leicester. They had to really tough it out against the side, battling against relegation. It was Freedom Arnon's beautifully curled finish on 64 minutes, which proved to be the winner. Uh, the Gunners are now just two points off the top with two games in hand. Sandra, you were at Meadow Park and it was a hard-fought victory in the end. Yeah, it was. I mean, Leicester did as much as they could and they kind of uh, kind of like uh, withstood uh, Barrage at, at times during the match, although they, I think they gave a very good account of themselves. I mean, and as for um, Arsenal, they showed their, you know, grit, their ability to bounce back after what, uh, you know, a few of their players described as a disappointing loss uh, or kind of heartbreaking loss in terms of the Champions League and Wolfsburg with it being quite narrow and the fact that they battled their way um, back. But they showed their resilience, particularly at a time when they've lost a, a fourth player, first team, you know, squad player to a long term um, injury in um uh, Laura Laura Wienmoiter Wien not being there for the rest of this season and not sure when she's going to return. Um, but yeah, no, Arsenal did well. Um, they found a way to break through a quite well-drilled 
uh, Leicester defence with um, Janina Leipzig in goal, um, quite impressive, and obviously with her saving that early penalty from uh, Katie McKay. They'd have to require a few results for them to go their way, in particular in terms of um, Chelsea just not, you know, Chelsea dropping points somewhere. Um, that I think, yeah, I mean, obviously they've got the two games in hand on uh, Man United and Man City, which is an advantage, but it's Chelsea and their end of season form, which will probably dictate things. I mean, obviously, if Chelsea win every every single game, they're going to win the league. So they need uh, Chelsea perhaps to um, drop points somewhere. And perhaps, obviously, Man United also maybe to drop points in one of their remaining games. I guess the toughest game for Man United may well be the um, the, the derby against uh, City. So, um, yeah, that it, in order for Arsenal to have a kind of late surge may and and stand any chance of lifting of the, the league title you probably I'd say Chelsea would be the, the toughest one to stop and you'd need them to drop points and maybe United to drop points on the on the way. Yeah and of course we got injuries as well Sandra. I mean he probably would be a lot closer without the injuries to Mead Amalia, Williamson, Beth Mead. Uh, and ultimately that's what did cost them in the Champions League, wasn't it? So maybe I think that's why a lot of people think they'll fall short in the league. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting, though. I mean, given what happened with Man City yesterday, I wouldn't be surprised if Arsenal do get their wish of, of qualifying for the Champions League at the very least. And, and then when you look at the injuries, like you say, obviously the loss of Miedemar, Mead, Kim Little, you've got Caitlin Ford, who is out at the moment, then obviously Leah Williamson, Lara Wienreuter, that's a considerable loss mm -hmm. of manpower across the, you know, across the team. Um, but when Lina you look Hurtig. at... As well, missed that last game against Leicester, so that's another forward that's yeah. also out. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and and that's you know that's quite a lot of of, of strengthening depth to lose, and some of it, the, the, you know, people who would start your game as many games as possible for you across all competitions. But then, I mean, obviously, with what what would ha happen with City yesterday, you'd kind of give Arsenal, I think, a, a good chance of maybe finishing in the top three. But then, when you consider the injuries, the fact that they've managed to pick up their first silverware win. Um, under Jonas Aderval and, you know, win their first trophy since 2019. And when you consider the number of players they've lost, that's actually quite impressive. And the fact that they were able to, to take Wolfsburg all the way, more or less, in that in that match at the Emirates with most of your, 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 your probably your best attacking players not there. That's quite impressive as well. But no, I think the league might be... Yeah, perhaps beyond, and I think I think the strongest the the strongest contender for me will be Chelsea and Man United. I think the league might be beyond Arsenal, definitely. Yeah, and just to add on to that as well, the two remaining fixtures for United is Liverpool, who just took off points from City, and then also took points from Chelsea at the start of the season, and then obviously the Manchester derby is a big one. Same thing for Red for um sorry Chelsea. They've got Arsenal, like you mentioned. That's also going to be one of the big ones. And then quite funnily, actually, they've just got Leicester midweek. And if Leicester kind of carry on on that same momentum that they had against Arsenal, like some points might get dropped. So I think, like you mentioned, that the title in my eyes as well as in Chelsea's and United's hand. But with the fixtures, they're kind of interesting to see Liverpool's matched up. They could, again, be another dark horse to be, to be nicking points from the top four or five. Um, so it's going to go down to the wire. It's going to be really, really fun to see. Definitely, yeah. Sandra, we we mentioned about Leicester and and, and Mario mentioned it there. They they're really fighting to to stay up. They, they're in really good form as well. So it was a, it was a good win for Arsenal. Um, do you think 
the, the performance against Arsenal will give them hope of picking up the points they need in the remaining games to stay up? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I I, I pick, pick them as a team that's going to stay up based on the form that they've had. I mean, in previous games against Arsenal, they've conceded multiple goals that, you know, they've leaked the goals and, you know, been beaten by like, you know, more than three goals at, at, at least in some of those matches, whereas this one felt a little bit tighter. The defending was a lot more stoic. Um, players like um, Courtney Nevin, Ruby Mace, uh, were, and obviously Yanina, and, and then Ashley Plumtier were just very, very dogged at the back. Ashley Plumtier in particular, I think, has improved a lot um, in, in recent, in you know, just throughout this season. But yeah, I'd favour them to stay up because of how they're playing, uh, what they did against Liverpool in particular. The way they brushed aside Liverpool was, you know, with the set pieces. I went to that game. It was just something else as well. But yeah, and how they are in terms of form, I back them to stay up and particularly with what how Willie Kirk is uh, drilling them. So Sunday, we had five games in the WSL, all with something on them as well. So really, really interesting viewing. Manchester United had the early kickoff against Spurs at Lee Sports Village. And it was a dominant performance from Mark Skinner's side. They're on top by half-time after goals from Leah Galton and Alessia Russo. Nikita Paris added a third after half-time. A comfortable win in the end, Marion, wasn't it, for Manchester United? Ahead of a massive couple of weeks for them. Yeah, really good to be getting these crazy performances now, especially they've got the the final against uh, Chelsea. But I think also for Spurs, it's been quite disappointing to consistently see them just not have a blueprint. They had some really good, you know, forward going balls. I thought Maya to see had an incredible game, um, one of the standout players. And it was funny to see that Serena, I believe Serena Vigman was at the game. I'm not sure. Could have been at the City game. Was she at the City game or the United game? But regardless, I think Maya Letizia she is probably went it. to both. She could have gone <laughs> to both. Could be. They're not that far away, so she might have been at both. Yeah, but I think Maya Letizia is making a great case for herself for into the World Cup. But for United, I think something that has been quite impressive to see is the abundance of different goal scorers that they have. And this was another match just to prove that. Um, they go in forward so dynamic with the different players. They move the ball so well. Um, and I think, again, carrying that momentum going into the Chelsea game, going into the the, the City derby is going to be crucial. Um, that City derby is at home for them as well, which makes it just 30 times better because I can, I'm not too sure of their home record, but it's it's one of the best in the league sitting right now. Um yeah, a clean yeah, sheet. And lost to Chelsea. I think they've lost to Chelsea at home. This yeah, I, so it's it's sitting up there and the, another clean sheet for, for that defensive line and, and Mary Herbs. So for them, it's looking great both on the attacking end and um, on the back end. I thought Ella Toon had a good game after a um, slightly underwhelming season, I would say. Um, so really good to see her involved. But for Spurs, I feel like it's not looking too great. There's going to be some questions the board has to answer moving forward. Um, I feel like for them is just finishing up the season and, and having a good close overhaul at uh, the board um, and and what is going to happen moving on to, to next season because the form that we've seen over the past few years is, is quite literally relegation form. This is not where a club like this should be sitting, especially with the players that they have on the roster. It's not, you look at them, they've got some pretty good players, especially with Beth England. I mean, she's coming in and she has been quite literally their only goal scorer. So um a lot of work and answers to for them, um, but for United, they they looked at the weaknesses and capitalized on them, and that's what has made them such a good team this season is that they capitalize on every disadvantage the other team's sitting out. 
Yeah, Sandra, it'd be even worse for Spurs without Beth England, wouldn't it? And they're almost limping towards the, the finish line. But you look at the form of Brighton and Leicester, you know, you almost feel like Spurs are relying on Reading now, aren't you? Yeah, I think, you know, that, that it does does feel like they need Reading not to, to pick up any kind of form um, as the season um, wear, wears on because Brighton are in, you know, they've improved since uh, Melissa Phillips has come in. And then, like you say, Leicester are doing well. And um, so, I mean, I think it Reading, Reading and Tottenham are playing each other next, aren't they? So, mm-hmm. or was it the, no, the 20th of May? 20th. Yeah, that's a massive game. And I mean, Reading would need to at the very least win, win that. Um, but I, I mean, I, I'd say for Reading, it's probably be tough. Um, the tough. I'd say that some some people could probably say, well, it might be looking like them to to go down. But we'll wait and see. I think that game between them on the twentieth might dictate what happens in terms of relegation. As for Manchester United, we mentioned the host Man City in their next home game in the league. Uh, and it's a massive fortnight for them. They're in the FA Cup final against Chelsea next weekend at Wembley. Uh, Rachel Corsi, I heard her say on the radio yesterday, she feels that if Manchester United win all their games, then they will be champions because obviously Chelsea then can't catch them. Um, can't, I suppose the question is, Mariam, can they win all those games? I I would be crazy not to say so. Um, I think something that has separated them from the other teams is how... Um, healthy and fit their squad has been throughout the entirety of the season I don't think any of the other teams have had that I wouldn't even call it luck because that is clearly some great physio work and uh, on the training ground Um, but absolutely they they have the momentum and I think a lot of people are putting money onto them now if they're able to win that derby at home um, I can't see why not especially I mean obviously City will be want to come in and rebound off that loss that they just had against Liverpool United obviously as well are going to be coming in with the home fans behind them, continuing on that momentum. And I think it's a rel- relatively healthy squad. Um, City as well, I think something that they've struggled with is, is with clinical consistency. Some games they're able to come out and have, I don't know, six, seven goals in. The other times they're struggling to put two behind the net. Um, that is something they need to be working on against United because we just saw how gritty that back line is. They're not going to allow you to get into the box. Mary Herbs has been on great firm. So for City, they want to make sure they're coming in and, and and really wanting to hurt and be clinical when they're going forward against United. But for United, they've tr- they've trusted their back forward. They've trusted Mary Herbs. They're able to trust the mountain of players that they have that can score. They, I think you'd be crazy to think that they don't have a chance. There's only two games left. Two of them, I would say, are somewhat in their favor, and and yeah, ugh, I what I mean, what that'll be crazy scenes. Yeah, you you almost feel like if they lost the game against Chelsea but won the game against City, they'd maybe take that because then obviously it put them in pole position to win the league. And talking of Chelsea, it was seven up for them as they brushed aside Everton on Sunday. Go right in Sam Kerr, Peniel Harder. Sophie Ingle and Jesse Fleming scored in the first half as Chelsea maintained their perfect home record in the WSL. Then Peniel Harder and Erin Cuthbert stretched the lead to seven after the break. Chelsea moving to second place in the table, four points behind Manchester United with two games in hand. As you mentioned, one of those 
You mentioned it earlier, Marianne. One of those games in hand is on Wednesday against Leicester. But Sandra, you were at this game and it's fair to say it's been two different type of wins for Chelsea this week, hasn't it? Yeah, I mean, the the, um, the Liverpool game, obviously Liverpool were dogged and defended very, very well for much of that game. It looked like they were close to, to pinching a draw and Sam Kerr was quieter than norm you normally expect her to be. But then she's um, that dangerous that even she just needs a minute and then some space and then that's that's a goal. But um, yeah, no, they were there was two contrasting performance definitely and it seemed like Everton had a really good start on the first 10 minutes or so um, on Sunday uh, they really came out strong in terms of attacking they pressed high up the pitch um, Sorensen in particular was um, Nicolene Sorensen was a, a you know a handful down the flank and um, yeah but then once Chelsea scored it just seemed like everything every time they went forward that it was a goal and they converted all their chances, all five of them in the first half. So they were just lethal. And Mariam, Emma Hayes feels it's about peaking at the correct time. They seem to be doing that now, don't they? Yeah, I think this is also such a crucial point now. A lot of teams are a little bit fatigued, tired. They're dealing with that kind of uh, consequence of injuries through a lot of games, fixtures and what. And so right now, a lot of people would say that the last four or five stretchy games is exactly when you want to be peaking. Um they're out of the Champions League, so there's not too much to worry about that. Um, obviously, they've got the that final coming up, but for them, it's perfect timing because they've got a lot of these players coming back. Obviously, Pinello Harder, such a, such an important player. I mean, I was talking about this earlier on Twitter, but like, imagine having the ability to take off Sam Kerr and put on Pinello Harder. Not many players have that. Not many teams have that luxury. So for them, it's great timing for these players to be coming back. I think Jessie Fleming is finally kind of finding her feet. She's had a very underwhelming start of the season, even mid-season. Hasn't really found her feet. So I think now she picked up an assist, um, a goal in that game against Everton. Had some some pretty good um, gameplay moments against uh, Liverpool. And, and then obviously took that shot that Sam Kerr was able to capitalize on. So a lot of these players are finding their feet able to get back on momentum and they're going in healthy hungry in the last four or five stretch of games is perfect timing for them to be able to do this right now over on Merseyside Man City's title hopes were all but ended Missy Bolkerns fired the winner for Liverpool two minutes after half time after Lauren Hemp had equalized for the for the visitors with a guided header after Natasha Dowie had opened the scoring. City is six points off the top in third place, but they have played two games more. And Sandra, disappointing day for City in the end, wasn't it? Yeah, and I mean, it's unex you know, unexpected. You would have favoured them to, to pick up, you know, all the points or, or at least one point in that game. But Liverpool are quite, you know, proving quite hard to beat and, and then very good on the counter. So... Yeah, I mean, it's it's also now, what does this mean for their title hopes side? What does this mean for, for top three chances as well in terms of Arsenal having games in hand? And yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens for, for the rest uh, of this season. And, and, you know, if United beat them in that derby, then that's a bit of a kind of blow in terms of that top three finish hopes. I don't know what Miriam thinks. Yeah, I think it would be... Uh what they would call a disastrous season to not be able to make it into the Champions League qualification spots and not to walk away with a single trophy. Obviously, we were quite aware of the the massive overhaul of players that they had in the summer, but I think they've actually done quite well to replace those positions and to replace those players with, with similar profile of, of playmakers and players in the midfield and in the back. Um, Especially after I, the start as well that they had. 
they had a great start. I mean, and they beat our, uh, sorry, Chelsea two 0 at the start of the season. I, I don't think it's acceptable to be dropping seven points against Liverpool um, and Aston Villa. Obviously, Aston Villa also knocked them out of the cup. It just it looks like they're they're kryptonite of the season. But if they are to not be able to take any points from that Manchester derby, it's it's going to be very disappointing. And then they've also got Bunny Shaw, who has been on form. I'm not sure how she's doing with the goal tally with uh, Rachel Daly, but she's I'll get on to that in a minute. Don't worry. Yeah, she's <laughs> she's having quite a season, and so the team would have to ha- to take a hard look and and see what has been going wrong. Because if you've got Bunny Shaw, you've got Lauren Hemp, Chloe Kelly, who are able to score and create chances. What is that missing point of they're not able to to clinically finish? Is it kind of a psychological point where when they're going down, they're not able to to put on a comeback? I think that's something that has been missing. We saw that even in the qualifications of the Champions League. And I know that's quite early on and some of the players had left afterwards, but it almost looks like when they go down, there's not that grittiness of, you know, we're still pushing harder. We're going forward. They go forward, but it's like that efficiency is not there. Um, and so for them, if they are actually not to finish in the top three, not walk away with the trophy, it's, it's going to be a very, very disappointing season. Yeah, I mean, we will be because it's one of the things like Gareth Taylor's talks about wanting to, you know, we'll not even finish third, but finishing the top two. So you don't have to mm-hmm. go through that kind of qualification bit where City have fallen short in the last couple of seasons and have ended up coming out before the group stages even begin. So it's, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it, they'd really want to finish, uh, it, you know, and, and to make it at the very least, they want to make top three. But mm-hmm. um, I think it, it would be a disappointing disappointment for them if they don't get into Europe, considering the roster of players they have. They're, they're all top draw you know majority of them top draw internationals so yeah yeah and I think just a voice on that you said they've not been make they've not been able to make it into the group stages and I think over the past few years and I think that has been a, a forcing or a force that has seen or seen Kara Walsh and Lucy Bronze and Stanway want to leave and play that European football it's almost like they've seen it happen in a stretch of seasons where they're not able to make it to the group stages and obviously Kara Walsh, Lucy Bronze both in the final this is the type of players that need to be at least in the group stages and I I know you know Lauren Hemp and Chloe Kelly just signed extensions not too long ago but that question would probably be pondering in their heads you know they're massive players they want to be making it to the Champions League European football to walk away with not even European football or a trophy I don't think that's a great look for the players and many will be somewhat considering you know futures at a club like that Sandra Liverpool then they've been really inconsistent at times this season they throw in a performance like you mentioned at Leicester last week and also away at Manchester United when they got beaten heavily there but then they play well at Everton and beat Manchester City so it must be a really frustrating time for Matt Beard um yeah no because I think that you know first season back in the WSL for you know since obviously being relegated They've they've guaranteed their survival, but I suppose the, the pluses of of that well, obviously you've beaten City, but I guess the pluses are that you're showing the signs of of a team that can take on teams higher up the table, and that's something to build on for next season um, for 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 Liverpool. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it it might be a couple of seasons before we see them maybe challenging top four, you know, uh, or you know getting back to where they were, where they were once like the team that was was dominant or in, you know, challenging for the title, challenging for the big trophies. But um, I think the most important thing for Liverpool, given their just return, is just making sure they maintain their WSL status, I think. And um, 
that's been achieved. So I, I guess that's um, a massive tick considering how competitive it is now. And when you look at what happened with Tottenham this season compared to last season. Yeah, talking of maintaining their WSL status, Brighton are almost safe as they beat West Ham 1-0 as Kaylee Green headed in Katie Robinson's cross on 57 minutes. Brighton have three games to save themselves. They have the tough task of hosting title-chasing Arsenal on Wednesday, but they could pick up more points against Everton and a huge game against Leicester as well are their final two games of the season. And Sandra mentioned it earlier, Mel Phillips, she's done a great job, hasn't she? They've, they've actually picked up seven points across her four games in charge. She's, she's doing a great job, isn't she? Yeah, I mean, when you look at the results, beating Everton, drawing with Tottenham and beating West Ham, you know, from the last four games, that's quite impressive when you consider where they were before she arrived. Well, we're not, I mean, Amy Merrick's actually did a good job before she, you know, of keeping and ticking along. But when you consider where things were earlier in the season, um, this is um, much improved for Brighton and people were kind of worried about their survival. Um, you know, you've got a glimpse, you've got a kind of sign of what was to come, I guess, where, the way they fought against Man United in that FA Cup um, semi-final, the way they really took them to the wire. So that was impressive. So, yeah, no, I, I you know, backed them to, to keep their um, place in WSL and to push on, I guess, next season, depending on what happens in the summer. I think it was great that they were able to get Mel Phillips. Obviously, everybody thought she's going to Angel City in the US. She announced she was leaving. Yeah. And in the space of like two weeks, all of a sudden she was back with Barton and, and had signed at a contract. So for them, I think it was good. I don't, I don't know what the board was able to do to convince her to get her back. But I think it was exactly what they needed because they've got good players. They've got young talent potential. It's not necessarily really the players that weren't able to, you know, put good performances. It was more so making sure that these players get out the potentials that they have, let them work together how they know they're able to work together. So it was more so having an individual that's able to put the puzzle pieces together. It's like you got it all, but you just needed somebody to mold it all together. I think Phillips is a perfect person to do that. She's done it, obviously, with the championship. Almost a very similar roster of like young players, good players, some veterans here and there that can work together. Um, I really back her experience. I think she's Again, a perfect person for this for this role, and it's proven to to do some great work by pulling them out of the relegation battles. Not so much that they're struggling with it now and having just beaten West Ham. Um, so I think a lot of other boards will be looking at what Brighton did and wanting to replicate that with their squads. You know, I'm not looking at Spurs, but I'm looking at Spurs. <laughs> <laughs> We're looking at you, Spurs. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, which makes it all the more bizarre, Sandra, that they went for um, Yen Shurel, all that, well, and, and basically dumped him after a month, didn't they? Yeah. Well, you could, I guess they went with, with him because of what he did in Germany. You know, he was someone who was managing a team that's competing in the Champions League. Um, you know, obviously they come head to head, to head I think, um, with a Chelsea one round, although they were beaten, was it Bayern Munich? Um, they were beaten by Chelsea, knocked out... Um, last season or a couple of seasons ago but it's, it's that reputation of what he'd done with Bayern Munich that got him there and no one was expecting it to, to go as the, the way as as kind of not quite the way it, it should have you know they would have hoped for um with with what he you know how it transpired for him at Brighton but um they have bounced back a lot under under Mellon she's how she's as you know how Miriam has described it, how she's used the young players and the older players together in terms of you know it's worked quite well 
particularly in terms of the substitutions, making use of um, the experienced players. Um, through, it's just quite impressive with what, how she's done that. And with players like, you know, Danielle Carter and Kaylee Green. Yeah, actually, I just want to talk on that. I think the board even learned a very harsh lesson in terms of you can big this, you can bring in this big manager with big experience who's played with, or sorry, worked with big names. And sometimes they're not going to be the perfect fit to pull a team out of relegation. It really is looking at profiles and something that we have seen in this WSL season is a lot of, I don't want to say sacking, but a lot of managers, you know, we saw that at Spurs, we saw that now at Everton with Kirk obviously leaving and now working with Leicester. So there has been a lot of movement with managers that I don't think we've actually seen happen before, but it's more so of looking at profiles, which manager is going to suit the profile of players that you have and which manager is going to be able to put a goal and a plan for the next season or two to work with it. You could bring in somebody who is in the Champions League and might put your team back in a relegation battle. And I think that's exactly what they learned. Reading were thumped 5-0 at home against Aston Villa. England striker Rachel Daly scored a hat-trick and she also assisted the other goals as she played in Alicia Lehman to double Villa's lead before squaring for Kirsty Hansen to tap into an empty net two minutes later. And Mariam, you asked before about how Khadija Sari is doing against Rachel Daly. Well, she's fallen behind her again. The tra- that treble takes Rachel Daly to 20 WSL goals for the season. Reading stay bottom of the pile, two points from safety with two games to play. And Sandra, Reading have been in the WSL for nine years, but their position now seems pretty bleak, doesn't it? It does. I mean, they really do need to, they need results, certain results to go their way and then they need to beat Tottenham because, I mean, and well, they need to, <laughs> they've got Tottenham and, and, che- and Chelsea. I mean, you'd need uh, a, a win and a draw ideally would be, be good for them. Um, I mean, we know Reading have beaten Chelsea before, which is interesting. Um, was it, I think Deanne Rose scored the, scored the only goal of a yeah. um, shot, shot win last season, wasn't it? So, But the way, the form that Chelsea are in, you don't fancy their chances this time round. But yeah, they do need to win that Tottenham game to, to stand a chance. And Deanne Rose is missing this time round too. So yeah. if, if people had money on her to, to pull another upset, she's not in there, I think. It's been gone under the radar how important she is. She She's not necessarily a massive amount of goal scorer. I think she only had four goals last season, but she's so good with moving with those midfielders behind her and working around the forward line that I think her movement's missing. They're, they haven't scored a lot of goals. They obviously haven't defended very well either, but I think that the, the loss of Deanne Rose has been bigger than I think first anticipated. Yeah, that and Natasha Dowie at Liverpool. Yeah. I mean, I mean that, they must be kind of like, you know, there's Natasha Dowie, you know, doing yeah. her stuff that, that in good form for Liverpool. And yeah. there, there you are at the kind of, it's just, you know, that's two big, you know, hitting forwards that you, you could have done with. You would have really needed, yeah, big time. So the golden boot race then, where is your, where's your money going? Oh man, it's, it's so hard, I think. With the two remaining games for City, if Bunny Shaw is able to have another like woman of, of goals that she's had in some of these games, it's going to come down so close. I think it might even come down to assists at this point because it will be so tight. But with Rachel Daly, you just cannot underestimate her. I mean, you cannot. Every time she gets the ball, she just has an incredible opportunity to, to just find some space and shoot and somehow magically score. I mean, she's already scored more goals than Aston Villa scored the entirety of last season. Like, that is just one person who scored more than an entire team throughout a season. And the season isn't even over yet. Um, so I think I will have to edge it up for Aston Villa purely because I think they're 
not, I don't want to say in, on better form than City, but as a team, as a squad overall, it looks like she is kind of being backed up with a lot of these players that are working around her. So I think I will have to edge it to her. I think City might have a little too much pressure to be able to score these goals and to to assist um, Bunny Shaw that, I mean, and I spoke a little bit earlier about they're not being clinical enough. And I think if they're going in with that mindset of wanting to be clinical, Chloe Kelly making sure she asks as clinical as, as can be, maybe those opportunities are going to be maybe taken away from Bunny Shaw. I also think they're, in in some ways, slightly different profile players. Obviously, they're kind of like your your standard complete striker number nine. But in some ways, they move a little bit differently. The 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 positions of where they take shots is also a little bit differently. So I think with the opposition that's coming up against, I think it might be a little bit harder for Shaw to catch up. But I think she's not a player you wanna you wanna doubt. So I think I I'll probably have to edge it for. For Rachel Daly, purely because of just how good she's been, and and she's been able to find these spots. I mean, corners, headers, left leg, left foot. I mean, any kind of limp she's got, she's she's contributing. So I'll probably edge it for the English woman here. Yeah, and she made a massive difference to Aston Villa. You feel that they'll progress again next season. Now, last week the UEFA Women's Nation League draw was made. The first ever Women's UEFA Nations League draw. England as you might expect, are in a, a toughish group. It's never going to be easy. They've got the Netherlands, Belgium, and a big game against Scotland. What a game that will be. I, I'm guessing that will be at Wembley. They'd be daft not to do that. That is in Group A1 in League A. Group A2 sees France, Norway, Austria, and Portugal. Group A3 sees a really tough group for Wales, Germany, Denmark, Iceland, and Wales. And then Group A4... A really, really good group as well. Sweden, Spain, Italy and Switzerland. In League B, Group B1 sees Republic of Ireland and Northern Ireland paired together along with Hungary and Albania. Um, it's a really exciting time, this, and a really good test, isn't it? Because it's it's a good test for these teams. It's a good test for, for England as well, isn't it? Yeah, massive. I think this is one thing that the Nations League is going to offer. We've needed this for a bit where teams are actually closely matched up with other teams. You know, you've got Belarus with Slovenia who are on the FIFA rankings quite close to each other. Um, in terms of progress over the last few years, they're also quite close to each other. You're not going to see Belarus take on England anymore because that's not beneficial for England and it's not beneficial for Belarus. So those crazy like double-digit score lines are not going to be happening. I mean, hopefully, you never know what could happen, but chances are they won't be happening. Um, and it's good that they are not happening. Obviously, England need to be going up against uh, the likes of Netherlands and Belgium and, and Scotland as well, even though they're missed, they're missing on the World Cup. They're not a team. I mean, you look at their their players, there's some really, really good teams. Caroline Weir, Cuthbert, I mean, Corsi, Jen Beatty, Lisa Evans. And that's just a few that I'm naming on top of my head. Um, so for Scotland, for example, that is a great test to be able to put themselves mm. against the like of Belgium. Then those tests is what going to tell them or it's going to teach them those lessons of what to do to to qualify for the World Cup. And that's exactly what they need. So for the for the bigger teams, for the big dog teams, it's good because they're testing themselves and they're, they're not going up against the easier teams. And those teams that are kind of making those final strides to put themselves in a bigger conversation are also presented the opportunity to to look at lessons and see how they can improve. So this is something that we've needed for the nations. Um and I'm excited. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out, how the groups look in, I don't know, two or three years' time. Obviously, with the whole relegation, you go up, you move down kind of system. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm quite interested to see how 
that the teams are able to match up against each other. And similarly, group uh, in League B and League C, it gives those teams some confidence to, to win games as well and try and get progression, gives them something to play for. How, how does it work? Well, similar to the men's format, really. It can be quite complicated. Uh, the top two teams in each group remain in League One for the European qualifiers for the Euros in 2024. Five to four third place teams play off against a second place team in each group of League B, and then the winner of each match play in League A for the European phase qualifiers, and the defeated teams play in League B. And obviously, the bottom teams are relegated to League B. That's probably the, the easiest thing to understand out of all <laughs> of it. For example, League B, well, obviously, the four Greek winners are going to League A and then vice versa in terms of the playoffs, the losers going to League C. And mm-hmm. things like that so it gives <laughs> gives you everything to play for you do need an abacus at times though i think to work this out don't you shameless plug i've got a video on the channel actually scores bangers that exactly explains how the relegation works what these spots uh for the euros uh look like how do they look like in the whole system nice and easy and hopefully gets you the whole system in like six or seven or eight minutes <laughs> Oh, there you go. Well, there you go. Go go to you know what? Give it a plug because you'll probably explain it better than I've just done that. <laughs> well, you did you did a very great brief rundown, so that's kind of like a good intro. <laughs> where, where can people watch it though if they want to watch it? So just on YouTube, if you're able to look at she's scores bangers. Um, the title's probably something along these lines of UEFA Nations League and how it works or how does how will it look like? Um, I think it's uploaded somewhere around the start of the year exactly when this was announced and when when the whole format was announced so yeah youtube at she scores bangers you'll probably be able to find it on the channel there so last week i think i may have prematurely handed oxford united the national league south title i do apologize to all oxford united fans out there because this weekend there was two games played and watford have won the southern premier division title after the leaders at the start around Oxford United, they lost 1-0 to Ipswich Town in their final game. Would you believe it? There we go. Arsenal only Frey Godfrey's goal for the Tractor Girls was a difference in a very cagey game. And Oxford's lost allowed Watford, who began the day in second place and a point behind the U's to win the title from Ipswich on goal difference by beating Billericke 3-0. Oxford actually finished third in the end. That means Watford will now play... Nottingham Forest, who, as we mentioned, wraps up the North title last weekend, and that's for a place in the Championship. And that game takes place a week on Saturday, the 20th of May at Stadium MK, the home of MK Dons. So if you can get down to that, do so and support the lower level of the game. See who can get into the Championship. Well, Mariam and Sandra, thank you very much for joining us this week on the Women's Football Podcast. I've been Luke Edwards. Don't forget to subscribe to us via all good podcasting platforms. Give us a follow on social media or on Twitter at TWFP1. And we are the Women's Football Podcast on Instagram. Thank you to everyone who voted for us as well in the On Her Side Awards. Fingers crossed we win, but... We will see and obviously stay across our social media channels to find out how that all went. Until then, have a great week and we'll see you all very soon.